the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, back uh, debating uh, various Republican candidates at a candidate forum in Iowa over the weekend. Family Leadership Summit is where Carlson was uh, hosting. Uh, He talked with Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence. A portion of that went viral uh, with Carlson and Pence arguing about Ukraine and Pence saying something. And I don't know if he meant it, but uh, it didn't sound good on tape. Uh, Tim Scott was there. Asa Hutchinson was there. Uh, Carlson uh, filleted him on the topic of uh, transgenderism. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley was there, as was Vivek Ramaswamy. The uh, thing nobody knows is whether Donald Trump will choose to uh, participate in the first Republican presidential debate. Uh, Trump was on Fox with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend. And Fox is hosting the debate, so... Maybe that accounts for why Maria Bartiromo was uh, engaging in scenarios that maybe could gently nudge Donald Trump into attending the debate. And her premise was that, look, if you don't go, maybe Ron DeSantis will escalate in popularity off that debate and you will have given him momentum that he would not otherwise have if you were there to be your dominant self. Uh, Here's how Trump responded to that. Or somebody else has a good night and cuts into his lid, because uh, that's what's happening. He's going down, and a couple of them are going up. I think Vivek has done a very good job, frankly. I think some others have done a good job. So I haven't really made up my mind. Uh, Vivek would be Vivek Ramaswamy uh, from Columbus here. Uh, I'm not sure what Vivek is running for. He's not running to be the president, because he's not going to be the president. Not this time around. He's 37 years old. Smart guy. It would not surprise me. There's always someone who's way behind that in a debate turns heads. Herman Cain's had a moment before. Ben Carson's had a moment before. Obviously, Trump's had many, many moments before. Uh, would not surprise me if Ramaswamy is one of those people who has that moment. Is he running for a cabinet position? He'd be a great commerce secretary. Uh, be still my heart. Last night I was watching Trey Gowdy, uh, Sunday Night in America. How good would Trey Gowdy be as attorney general or as FBI director? Wow, that would be something. But if Trump wins, you know, a lot of people who are running now, eh, they could be cabinet cabinet level people. Could I see Ramaswamy taking a cabinet position? Yes. Chris Christie would love to be attorney general. Uh, and don't discount Trump. You know, forgiving things. Do I see DeSantis being Trump's vice president? No, I do not. As I've said, nobody will be Trump's vice president who wants to tie their political future to Trump. If I had to handicap it right now, 
the person that I would say would be my front runner for Donald Trump's vice president. Let me think this through. I was going to say Christy Nome because I've listened to her interviews before when she talks about Trump, and I think she's done a pretty good job. A year ago, Christy Nome was like out there all the time as mentioned as a candidate. And if you notice, like in the last year, she sort of retreated into uh, the woodwork. Hasn't really said too much. She has a robust political future. Would she want to risk it on being Trump's running mate? Typically, you grab a running mate who helps you win somewhere that you wouldn't otherwise win. And Trump has no chance of winning the presidency if he doesn't win a lot of these states. Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. These are swing. I mean, he's got to win way more than these, of course, but he's got to win the swing states. Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia. Those are five states. Brian Kemp's not running with him as vice president, the governor of Georgia. He's not running with him, okay? Who in the state of Michigan? Is there a Republican in the state of Michigan that looms large? No. Is there a Republican in Wisconsin? Ron Johnson? Is Ron Johnson a senator from Wisconsin? No. I don't think, I don't see that. Ron Johnson is Trump's vice president? No. Uh, Nevada? I mean, we don't have a senator from Nevada because he picked Adam Laxalt, Trump did, and he lost. So there's no Republican there. Uh, What do I have left? Pennsylvania? Mm. Nobody leaps to mind. There may be someone nobody leaps to mind. So I'm not sure that there is a Republican in any of those states that looms as someone that Trump would tab to be his vice president. That's why I would say right now, um, Haley or Nome, because he's kind of taking it easy on Haley because he's aimed all his arrows at Ron DeSantis. It's interesting, out of this candidate forum in Iowa, Megan Kelly, who you know I have regard for as an interview, I don't agree with her all the time, but I think she's, I think she is, in her own words, she always talks about people being an honest broker. I think she's an honest broker. She's not a Republican. She's not a Democrat. She's had it. She's a mom. She's had it with the transgender nonsense. She's come around on not calling people by their preferred pronouns. She was at Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA Summit in Florida on Friday, and she was asked over the weekend by who about who she thought came through this Iowa thing really, really well, and she said Ron DeSantis. Here's her quote. I thought the best I've seen was Ron DeSantis. I think DeSantis is starting to find his groove. He's getting better at this. It was the best he's done on Ukraine and a number of other issues. She says uh, Asa Asa Hutchinson is uh, over, done, out, as if he ever got started. Nikki Haley and Tim Scott had positive qualities but are not going anywhere in the polls and that Vivek Ramaswamy is falling flat on the inspirational front, even though that's his main goal. She says, I thought it was a DeSantis win. It's relatively early. He's got $150 million in his war chest, so it's too early to pronounce his campaign over. Having said that, it hasn't been gangbusters. And she cited the slow start on Twitter spaces and all that. Her recommendation for DeSantis, and this would be mine as well, is to go into tough media environments and be the alpha dog that we have seen him be in the state of Florida. We've seen him take on 60 Minutes. We've seen him take on a lot of people. 
who want to come at him with woke accusations and the like. And DeSantis is very good at shutting those down. That is how Trump became popular. That is how Newt Gingrich became popular when he ran for president prior to Trump running. When Gingrich ran and led for a while in 2012. People do not trust the media, nor should they. They want to see candidates who will what? Fight for them. How is a way you demonstrate that a candidate will fight for you? To fight for people who you perceive to be against you. And who do you perceive to be against you? The people who are against you. The media. The media is against you. The media is 100% stacked against, well, not 100% because I'm in the media, I guess. And there are a few other isolated organizations that are against you. But will Trump attend? Chris Christie on with George Stephanopoulos thinks that Trump will attend. And here's his reason why. I think he'll be there because, look, I've known him for a long time, as you know. Um, His ego, I think, will not permit him to have a big TV show that he's not on. Um, and I think he'd be enormously frustrated sitting back at Bedminster and watching what I'm going to do to him Sounds on that like stage. Sounds like you're baiting him to come, in, to come in. No, look, I mean, I don't think I have to, but I'm happy to say right now, come on, Donald, get on the stage and defend your record. You know, if you want to be the nominee, you need to defend your record. And he has a record four years as president where he didn't deliver on a lot of issues that Republicans care deeply about. He didn't repeal and replace Obamacare like he said he would, even though he had a Republican Congress. He, he said he was going to balance the budget. He added $6 trillion to the national debt. Uh, he said he was going to build the wall in Mexico. He bought, built 47 miles of new wall. You know, George, at that pace in four years, he'd need 110 years as president. Those are fair criticisms. Those are part of Trump's record. Trump's going to run on his record. He should run on his record. His record is very good, but he has holes in his record, and that is where he's vulnerable. How he reacts to that, and I hope voters are savvy enough that if all Trump does is name-call people, if Christie were on the stage, and I guess he has hit the minimums to be on the stage, and let's say Trump shows up and Christie hits him on that, or DeSantis hits him on that, if all Trump responds with is an insult rather than facts, data, reasons, explanations. I hope voters are savvy enough to say, hey, this guy's not really giving me what I need to hear as a voter. Uh, you know at this point in time I am a DeSantis guy because I think DeSantis is the guy who can win. Never, ever, ever lose sight of the fact that the most important thing is not your love of a particular candidate. The most important thing is winning. Because if we don't win the presidency in 2024. By executive order, Joe Biden can continue to do all the things that he is trying to do now with the arm of the Department of Justice behind him. You want to see the double standard in our justice system continue? Do you want to see Republicans continue to be targeted, whether they're pro-life advocates, whether they're parents at school board meetings, whether it's somebody of the stature of Donald Trump? What do you think they're going to do when they get done with Trump? Think they're going to say, oh, okay, well, we got our goal accomplished now. We're done. We're good. Trump is in prison. We're good. Or are they going to say, oh, we got him. Who else is left? Who else can we go after now? That's why this election matters. So this event in Iowa, the Family Leadership Summit, uh, was sponsored by Blaze TV. That is Glenn Beck's organization. And hence, Fox News did not carry it. Uh, And one of the other reasons why Fox News didn't carry it is because Tucker Carlson moderated it. And Fox is not going to put Tucker Carlson on 
because they've tried to shelve Tucker Carlson uh, by taking him off the air, but not saying they're firing him and suing him for occasionally posting an interview or a uh, commentary on Twitter. But if Fox, and tonight, by the way, Fox debuts its new uh, post-Tucker lineup, they think uh, this is going to fix their plummeting ratings. Nothing is going to fix Fox's plummeting ratings. Because here's the thing. There's a reason why when uh, the Shark Tank uh, billionaires interview entrepreneurs, they almost always ask them one question. What's your customer acquisition cost? There is a cost to acquire a customer, whether it's through advertising or whether it's through some other solicitation. Uh, you have to calculate, and if you don't have this answer, they're not going to invest in your company. You have to know your customer acquisition cost. It is always easier to keep a customer than it is to acquire a customer because theoretically, if you have a good business, your business continuing to engage in what it's doing and doing well, presumably, will allow you to keep that customer. But getting them is the hard part. Well, Fox had them. And then it got rid of Tucker Carlson, and all of a sudden, it had to reacquire the 3 million people, or thereabouts, who were watching Tucker every night. And they have not been able to do that. They have lost more than half of them. Now, they think that putting Laura Ingram on at 7 instead of Jesse Waters, they've got a great lead-in with Special Report, okay? And they are hoping... Laura Ingram at 7, moving Jesse Waters to 8, leaving Sean Hannity at 9, and moving Gutfeld from 11 o'clock to 10 will fix their plummeting ratings. I don't know if Jesse Waters is going to change what he's been doing at 7 o'clock in the 8 o'clock slot. Maybe it'll be a little bit more grown up. Maybe there'll be less stupid movie clips in the first commentary. That would be my counsel to him, is you got a different audience at 8 than you used to have at 7. Jesse Waters is not a scamp anymore. He's not the guy with his collar turned up on O'Reilly, trying to be goofy out on a beach interviewing girls in bikinis, showing how ignorant man-on-the-street people can be when you interview them. People have grown to expect insightful commentary at 8 o'clock on Fox because they got it from Tucker Carlson, which was a seamless sort of follow-up from Bill O'Reilly, who was, A, built his show, popular show, around commentary in the first block, the Talking Points memo, and then built his show with really good, no-nonsense, I'm-not-standing-for-your-BS interviews. That's how O'Reilly built his empire. It's largely how Tucker built on that empire. If Jesse Waters wants to succeed at eight, he'll need to do that. But Tucker still got his fastball, as was evident from this interaction with Mike Pence, former vice president, at this leadership forum in Iowa. Along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. 
public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased, and yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think. All right. So what is Mike Pence talking about there when he says it's not my concern? Is he talking about the degradation of American cities into lawlessness and violence? Or is he talking about Ukraine not having enough tanks? You listen to the clip. I listen to the clip. I'm reading the Twitter community notes. And I got to tell you, the way the Biden administration has been slow. I'm reading the Twitter community notes, which I have generally found community notes to be helpful. I love it when they weigh in on Biden claiming that real wages are up because they're not. And they point that out. (laughs) But here's the community note on the fallout from this Mike Pence audio clip where I would say everybody but a member of Mike Pence's family or somebody who's, you know, supporting Mike Pence for president believes he's talking about when he says that's not my concern. He's talking about the deterioration of America's cities. The community notes said this tweet is framing Pence as saying that he is not concerned with American cities failing. Pence said that is not my concern in response to Tucker saying your concern is that Ukrainians don't have enough tanks. That's not the last thing Tucker said. The last thing. Listen to it again. Let me listen, let me see if I can let me see if I can find the exact spot. I'm uh, trying to jump in in the middle of a Twitter clip here, but let let me. Ah, uh, I had it and I screen recycled. Let me try to find this clip. Here we go. I think no, this is too long. Okay, I think we're right at. It. Let me try it here. Don't you think? Let me explain to you, Tucker. Look, uh, no, this is a different on. clip. I apologize for doing this cold on the air. I was thinking I could. Twitter recycled, and I got a different video here. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, and it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Okay, so the last thing Tucker said was, where's the concern for the United States in that? And Pence's comment is, that's not my concern. So I think it's fair for this comment to make or break, and it will decidedly break, what was left of Pence's presidential campaign. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.